I want to be able to talk to other people about spending time alone because it was a really positive experience for me when I learned to do it and I almost wanted to sort of be a missionary for this notion of alonement. Hello listener, my name is V, the voice of Pod, and I am the host of Podcaster. Podcaster is a show where I ask podcast creators a number of random questions. Then they give spontaneous, open and honest answers about life and the podcast they have created. Hello Podcaster. Hi V. Please introduce yourself and your podcast to our listeners. So I'm Francesca Spector, the host of the Alonement podcast and Alonement is an interview-led podcast about the time my interviewees spend by themselves and why it matters to them. And within that, we discuss the idea of being alone, the idea of being lonely, and then the idea of alonement, which is a word that I coined and trademarked, actually, uh, to mean when time alone is positive and fulfilling. Thank you for joining us, Francesca. How are you today? I'm doing great, thank you. It's uh, it's a Friday, the sun is shining, which is a rarity within this week, and I'm feeling very human again, uh, having enjoyed the easing of lockdown and being able to you know go to pubs albeit al fresco at the moment so yes in a in a really really great friday feeling right now are you ready i'm ready great let's begin where did the idea behind your podcast come from so alonement was born out of a wider platform I was building around alone time and the story behind that is that I used to be someone that was terrible at spending time alone a natural extrovert I would book up my calendar and despite living alone do anything I could to avoid spending that time having a night in on my sofa and I realized that actually this was quite problematic because the alternative to being alone would often mean doing things like going on terrible dates or you know socializing so much that I was making no time for self-care and really having no capacity for reflection or thinking about what I wanted from my future. So that personal journey happened in 2019. And over the course of the year, I thought I want to be able to talk to other people about spending time alone because it was a really positive experience for me when I learned to do it. And I almost wanted to sort of be a missionary for this notion of alonement. And I also wanted to show that it could apply whether you were like me, single, living alone in my 20s or whether it could apply to other life stages and ages and relationship statuses. So I launched my podcast as a means of being able to have those broader conversations with a diverse range of people. What is the best part of making your podcast? 
oh, I think just being able to have those conversations with people that I really admire. I mean, I've had so many of my sort of career idols on the show. Uh, I, my first guest was Alan de Botton. I interviewed the author Daisy Buchanan, who I'd followed and loved the work of for years. I got to interview uh, Connie Hook, who I've been watching on Blue Peter as a child. So that was a that was a big, uh, big moment for me. And, you know, being having this wonderful pretext to have these conversations uh, and then getting so much out of them and so many surprising things cropping up to expand my mind about the concept of alone time. It really is wonderful to have that as part of my day-to-day job. Describe yourself in three words. Gosh. <laughs> oh, it's funny how difficult that is to do. Um, I suppose, I don't know, I, I can't imagine the last time I would have had to do that. It sounds like kind of a dating app question. Uh the first thing that emerged in my head, and I'm going to roll with that, is friendly, um, passionate. I think that I have to do the things in my life with passion, otherwise I sort of, they don't really sort of work very well for me. So friendly, passionate, and I think also reflective. I, uh, I've been told I seem to think rather a lot, um, and that's been said to me and you know, uh, sort of more negative overthinking connotations but also you know as what I do with my job with my podcast with the book I wrote on alonement it is something that my a lot of my day is spent reflecting and has become a strength so yes friendly passionate and reflective how's that for my dating app where do you find inspiration oh um Well, uh, this will sound awfully off-brand as someone who runs a podcast about being alone, but from other people, from other people in different ways as well, not just through conversation, although conversation is a huge one for helping evolve and get new ideas, but also from reading books, because I think that reading a book while a solo act can really be a conversation uh you know a a one-sided one an exercise in listening and you know talking of which also from listening to podcasts I think that having that stimulant of you know having that stimulus rather of other people helps me sort of come back to myself and my own ideas as well as expanding my mind in ways that I wouldn't have expected sweet or savory Ah, uh, savoury, definitely. I think that, you know, I would always pick a starter over a dessert. And uh, yes, I just, I just love all, I just love all savoury foods. So uh, for me, you know, wasting the calories on dessert seems like a waste because I can get to eat more, at, more at the actual dinner. So yes, I'm definitely a savoury person. If you could start your podcast again, what would you do differently? Oh, I mean, you know, life makes a hell of a lot more sense. Look that backwards, doesn't it? Uh, probably buy a better microphone to start with um, and a boom arm. All the all the equipment, basically. Um, I would also, I mean, I had 
plenty of help from friends who I asked um, about podcasting at the time, but I would ask even more questions, even more help, because I know that now I'm really happy to help others. So uh, yeah, I would have sort of given myself that to start with. It would have been maybe a little less scary. What makes you happy? Oh, um, connection. Um, when I say connection, I mean that in two ways. I mean connection with myself, those nights in when I feel like me because I'm cooking something nice or reading or doing something creative and, you know, connection with others, those conversations you have where your brains sort of slot together and make sense as a whole. How easily do you forgive people? Pretty easily. I like to be able to understand people's motives. And, you know, I, I think I'm fairly emotionally intelligent. So I think that usually I can get there. Um, and if I can, then I can forgive them. I think that the difficulty is when perhaps for one reason or another, I can't understand their motives and there's a gap in communication where they can't tell me. What could we all do without? Oh, um, bitchiness. We could all do without gossip and bitchiness because I think that it's not good for the person doing it. I think it is something that drags us down in the act. It makes us feel more negatively about ourselves. It takes us away from our true potential and it's uh you know it's not very nice for the recipient whether they're aware of it or not are you an early riser or a night owl okay so this is difficult so genetically i did a genetic test which says i'm a night owl but actually if it especially when it comes to sort of admin tasks and things, I'm so much better in the morning. And I don't actually, I do try and do both. I, you know, end up going to bed as sort of, definitely past midnight most most evenings and then getting up sort of seven, seven-ish, um, often, often earlier. And yeah, I think I definitely need to stick to one because uh, trying to do both, hasn't necessarily served me that well. Our, uh, yeah, early, earlier bedtimes are definitely something that I'm trying to work on. But there's this sense that the, uh, that the, the day that the party ends when you, uh, when you go to bed, which I, which I never like. What three episodes of your podcast would you recommend to new subscribers? Oh, all of them? All three seasons? No, that's cheating. So I think uh, my my first one with Alan de Bosson, um, you know, while I was still battling with the slightly dodgier mic at that time, I think that Alan is just such a wonderful thinker and inspired so much of um, the later episodes. So yes, I'd definitely go to that one. Um, I loved speaking to the author Nell Frizzell, uh, the author of The Panic Years. Um, she's just one of the most wonderfully funny, articulate people. She quite literally writes like she speaks. And I've never met anyone who has the ability to do that before. Um, so that was incredible. Um, I would also, I think, recommend the most recent episode that I did with uh, Dr. Emma Hepburn, um, also known as the Psychology Mum on Instagram. 
she gave just such wonderful insights into how we need to be approaching the attitude of happiness um, with you know, a wonderful nod to how alone time fits into that. And I just think it's so beneficial for everyone to be listening to her very sound advice. It was very soothing to me and I hope that it had the same effect on listeners. What song gets you motivated? Ah, all of them. Um, every, every morning without fail, I wake up with a song in my head, which I sort of <laughs> want to uh, dance around to and get ready to um, for the day. And I've got no idea how that song plants itself in my head overnight. Um, although one of the ones that frequently crops up is uh, The Obvious Child by Paul Simon. It's uh, just got such a fantastic varying tempo and uh, never fails to get me excited for life. How religious are you? Ooh, ooh, so um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm Jewish. And the focus in certain um, more traditional Judaism is a lot on the ritual stuff, like not eating pork and shellfish and um, uh, the fact that the other rituals elude me, uh, celebrating all the festivals and things. I, um, I do very little of that. I don't <laughs> necessarily keep kosher. Well, I don't keep kosher at all. Um, and, you know, on that side of things, uh, as a Jew, I'm a pretty bad Jew. However, however, when it comes to my identity, um, Judaism is pretty, pretty key in some sort of, you know, more nebulous way. I think uh, Friday night dinner with my family, uh, which is a Jewish ritual tradition, um, is one of the happiest times of my week. So I think in terms of that weekly practice, uh, religion plays a strong part. What is your favourite pizza topping? Oof, okay. Um, I don't want to commit to just one. I've got, so I've got the one, one, uh, actually, no, I'm going to go with, I, you know, as much as I love a sort of controversial pineapple and ham pizza, um, just a nod to being such a bad Jew. Um, my favourite I will commit to is um, a sort of Napoli. Uh, so that's anchovies, olives, um, chilli flakes, if you're being non-traditional, um, and capers. That's just delicious. I'm actually craving one right now. Do you like change? Ooh, um... I believe that change is necessary in order to grow. Um, I like it in a long-term way. I don't think any human really does quite naturally like change. I think that possibly there's some sort of evolutionary thing in us that is resistant to change because change involves discomfort and it's unsettling and it involves you know rethinking a lot of things which might have worked for you in the past um so on that base level I get very resistant to change but as someone who you know in the past year um has the past year and a half really has had a lot of change you know having left full-time employment 
you know, become an author and a podcaster and, you know, say goodbye to having colleagues and having that sort of lifestyle. I know that change for me has been that price of growth. And so I will always embrace it if I think it can be good for me as much as I might not like it in the short term. What is your very first memory? Um, oh gosh. Um, so I, and this is a, this is not a particularly profound one, but I remember at my kindergarten, I remember I was running around um, and I was running, I remember running up a hill screaming the word yellow, which is my favourite colour and incidentally the colour of my book actually, um, and part of the podcast branding. Um, but I just remember, yeah, screaming the word yellow at the top of my voice and I don't know, perhaps it says something about my essence if nothing else. Would you rather be liked or respected? Hmm. I, I've never been asked that before. And I would have thought that my answer would be liked, but actually I'm going to go with respected. The reason being that I think that you can be liked for a person that you're not. You can be the person that sort of puts aside any boundaries or anything that's important to you in a bid for people to like you. And I don't think that that is always the best thing. It might mean that you end up tolerating unkind behavior, which, you know, isn't good to encourage in another person. It might mean that you, you know, sort of never, never challenge anyone in conversation or never really enrich their lives, you know, through inspiring them or, you know, expanding them. It, you know, it, it, you basically just sort of, you're a cheerleader for someone else, but without really thinking about how you can add to them or what you can really give to them because you might be so focused on pleasing them. I think that, you know, if, if you're just out there to be liked by someone, I think that that's the trap that you can eventually fall into. So I think that respect is something that is, it sounds really tyrannical, but that's kind of not what I mean. You know, I want to feel that people respect me and that they can, it can be a force for them to help respect themselves as well. I think that, you know, having having boundaries, having things that I'm passionate about, that I like to do in my work, um, that, you know, principles that I like to live by in terms of, you know, how I, you know, how I speak to people, how I celebrate people. If someone can respect that in me and that can serve as a force to foster good in them, then, you know, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather have that influence on someone's life than just sort of fawn all over someone um, and not really have any sense of myself. When did you last feel scared? All the bloody time. Um, this is the thing about change. Um, you know, my career is, I don't have a boss um, or I have me as a boss. And uh, my career, quite often week to week, is me being 
proactive and working out what's next as the alignment platform is growing. Um, and so, you know, every morning I wake up and I feel scared because I don't necessarily have a direction. I don't have anyone to be responding to. Um, I think that that is a good scare, but it definitely is something that coexists with me. What has been one of the most interesting things you've learned making your podcast? So, I, sp- I mean, I suppose this is what, I, you know, I went into it to sort of prove, but it's that alone time can really change at different stages of a person's life. And, you know, that it's not just about who you are, it's not just about whether you're an introvert or an extrovert. It's not just about, you know, whether you're, you know, whether you're a sociable person or not. It's, um, it is, you know, it is something that if you, if you value it already, you can only have, you know, you might still go on and only have 10 minutes of when you become a parent. Um, but, you know, if you keep it, if you keep it something that you cherish, then it's something you can keep with you throughout your life um and it's you know it's almost like a fluctuating commodity um depending on how much of it you have and how much of it you don't so I suppose getting those different perspectives um outside of my own bubble where I do spend a lot of time alone it was fascinating and you know I suppose you know the podcast is really just an excuse for a lot of bloody good public conversations around that topic what is the best way to embrace alignment? So it's making a commitment to be a friend to yourself and knowing that that might not work every time. There might well be nights where, uh, you know, you're feeling a bit tired and irritable and all you want to do is, you know, rush off to be on your phone, which isn't alonement because it's, you know, it's digitally socializing or you, you know, wish you had other plans and they, that might happen. But as long as you have that value and you have that commitment, um, you know, knowing that, you know, doing proactive things for that friendship, for that relationship with yourself, as you would with another person, making quality time with yourself, not denying yourself something that you might do with another person just because you're by yourself. Um, putting that time into your life and trying again and again to embrace it and to cherish it that ongoing commitment is the best way to embrace alonement day to day that's all the questions completed how did you find the experience yeah brilliant Um, definitely a lot of things I haven't thought about before so thank you it's very enriching thank you again francesca for being a guest on podcaster it was nice to meet you thank you b thank you for listening to this episode of podcaster if you haven't already please subscribe rate and review you can find us on twitter and instagram at podcaster pod this podcast was brought to you by the chancer collective Take care and until next time, goodbye.